Hearing the choir sing Hosanna brings us back to the reality of this is Palm Sunday celebration. And would you help me thank God for our choir and our praise team? Help me thank God for the media greeters at the door, for it's a wonderful day to celebrate the goodness of our Lord. Has God blessed anybody in this place? If God has blessed you, you ought to continue to give him all the praise his name is due. For this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be and be glad in it. Look, I invite you to turn in your pages of God's Word to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, the 21st chapter is where our message for the morning is coming from. That's Acts chapter 20. What did I say, 22? 21. 21. Just want to make sure you were listening. Yeah. Uh, Acts chapter 21, uh, where our message for the morning is going to come from. And so I invite you to turn uh, your attention to, you, to your copy of God's Word. As you're making your way there, do know uh, that as Pastor Brett has said, um, I, I'm going to need you to take your cell phones out. Some of you are using your cell phones uh, for your Bible, and that's a good thing because you're going to need it in just a moment. Um, but I want all of you, I know you came in here with it because it, it took the place of the MasterCard. You don't leave home without it. And so uh, I hope that you get your phones ready because I have a special assignment for you. Mabel, good to see you. Good to see you, dear. I was praying for you and Larry just the other day. Um, if you've made your way to God's Word in Acts chapter 21, I want us to begin reading at verse 3 of this chapter. And let me give you the backdrop here because God has spoken to his messenger, Paul. And if you're with us two Sundays ago, we watched how God used Paul and led Paul to be a leader and an influence that the Holy Spirit might use him to communicate to others the goodness of God. And so in obedience to what God has called him to do, the apostle Paul is making his way to Jerusalem. Now, he knows that there's some things that, are, that awaits him while, when he gets there, but still he's on his way to Jerusalem. So we pick up in verse 3 where Luke is writing, and he includes himself with Paul, and he says, When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was unloading its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another." We love all the Spirit uh, as we look in this chapter, so keep your Bibles open. Um, we want to uh, speak to us on this morning with this thought in our minds that God is calling each of us to trust and obey. God is calling us to trust and obey. We just turn somebody next to you and just tell them, you've been called to trust and obey. Father, we are here in your presence, and we declare your holiness, and we celebrate your goodness, and we thank you that you've blessed us that we might be in this sacred space. Now we ask, Father, that you would speak ever so clearly to us, that you'd condition our minds and our hearts to be receptive soil for the seed of your word, that we might indeed trust you evermore, that we might be obedient to the call that you placed on our lives, that we might be your witnesses that others might know of your goodness and declare your praises. In Jesus' name, amen. We pick up 
in this travel log where uh, this sold-out soldier for Christ, this messenger from the Lord, Paul, is his conviction is to go out to do what God had called and commissioned him to do. That no matter what he had to face, uh, he was going to go out in confidence that God called him to it. And the reality is, is that God will lead each of us. God will lead you where God desires to use you. So I don't know who that's for on this morning, but wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through in life, whatever season and chapter you may be in your life, when you are a child of God, you can have the assurance that God is leading you where God wants to use you. It doesn't matter that if he's leading you in a place that's uncomfortable, some places that you really don't like to be in, but here's the reality. If God is your Father, the Holy Spirit is within you, then wherever you are, wherever your steps may bring you, that God is involved in where you are. He has an assignment for you, and he wants to use you. He wants to use you to influence uh, the circle that's connected to you. He wants to use you to help others come to know him. With all the people that engage your life day to day, God wants to use your life to impact them that their lives might be lived out for him. Here's the question. Can God use you? I heard somebody on this side. Let me check for a moment. I wish I could hear you online. Um, Just put it in the chat if you would. Uh, Can God use you? That's a question that you have to ask because God desires to use you. In fact, at the beginning of our journey in this very book, the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior, said, you will be my witnesses. And God wants to use you as his witness to the world so the world might know just how good our God is. And one of the ways he can use you uh, is through your your cell phones. I told you to take your cell phones out. I told you you to take your cell phones out. In fact, look, I'm going to do it with you. Take, take your cell phones out. And I'm, most of you right now, I want you to disconnect from the game that you were trying to play just now. And I want you to, uh, I want you to get on your cell phone because I want to, I want to encourage you. We've been praying uh, throughout this journey leading up to the week of Easter. We've been praying for special individuals that God, Cassie, would lead us to help lead others to come and worship with us on Easter Sunday. And as a result of that, we've been seeing an increased interest in those who want to join us in worship. Now I want to push us to greater specificity, and I want to challenge you right now with your cell phone uh, to begin to think about that name, that one person that you can invite, that you know isn't with you right here on this Sunday, that you can invite to bring, to come with you, or that you can bring with you to Easter Sunday. I want you to think about that person, because God has placed you in their lives to be a greater influence to their lives. I want you to think about them right now. And I want you to bow your heads and I want you to begin to pray for them. Because in a moment, I'm going to ask you to text them. So would you bow your heads right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, please bring to our minds those souls, those individuals that you've placed in close proximity to us. People that we know, that we engage in. Bring them to our minds that we, you might use us as your vessels to lead them to a greater knowledge and relationship with you. So may this not just be an exercise. May it connect to the hearts of others. May we participate in trusting and obeying that you, Father, will make a difference in the lives of the very people we're about to text. In Jesus' name, amen. I know some of you right now are saying, I never text anybody. I never had the pastor tell me to text anybody in the service. I know you've texted people in the service. 
But right now, if you have that name in mind, we, we want you to text a message to them. In fact, I'm going to text a message to mine. In fact, uh, what, I, what I've chosen to do, because I'm a one-finger texter, all right? I'm a one-finger texter. I know some of you are out there. You're a one-finger texter. Uh, I just took a picture of the screen, and I'm sending the picture to the very person that I'm inviting to be with us on this Easter Sunday. Um, now, some of you, you, you may do it a different way. You may be a three, four, five-finger texter, so you already got it down. Uh, yeah, I'm not that quick. So, see, I'm still trying to send it. But, yeah, that person that you just thought of, I want you to send them the, your message, inviting them personally right now as you sit in this sacred space that they would join you on next Sunday at this same time that the spaces in our sanctuary would be filled with souls who have an opportunity to know the goodness of our Lord. Have you sent your text yet? One person, really? <laughs> All right, I hope you've sent your text. If you need more time, just take a picture of it and, and send it later. But what we want to do is connect with others. We want to make a difference and an impact in the lives that God has placed around us. And that's exactly what we see in the text as we continue to follow the journey of Paul and the disciples who've given their lives to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, that they are using their lives to make an impact. They are following Christ, trusting and obeying his will for their lives, that they might impact others who God has ordained and connected to their lives. Like some of your family members and your friends and your co-workers and your schoolmates, God has connected them to your life, that he might use your life to bring them into a greater awareness of how he can change their lives. And that's what we see here. But in order for you to trust and obey, you, you have to uh, follow the movements, if you would, of the believers in the text because Paul, uh, in chapter 20, had heard from the Holy Spirit. He got confirmation from the Holy Spirit that God wanted to use him. He was constrained by the Holy Spirit, he says, in chapter 20, right around verse 22, 23, that he was constrained by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. So we know, and he knows, that God had called him to go to Jerusalem. And he knows that the assignment in Jerusalem won't be an easy one. He knows that where God is sending him is going to be tough. He knows there's going to be some obstacles, but he doesn't allow the obstacles to stop him from being obedient. So now he's making his way. He's made, he's made his way um, from Miletus to now he's in Cyprus where he picked up our reading. And from Cyprus he gets to Tyre. But when he gets in Tyre, the Bible says, look at what he does to maintain trust and obedience. The Bible says... That when he got to Tyre, verse 4, having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. That jumped off the pages of, of the text for me. That, that they, they stayed there. They sought other disciples. That every place he went, he sought out individuals who were fellow believers in his God. He sought out people who could help shore up his faith. And if we're going to make it, if we're going to trust and obey, if we're going to be the influencers that God has called us to be, it's important that we surround ourselves, that we seek out 
godly friends for faith-filled connections, that we need each other to come around one another and hold each other accountable, like your life groups that hold each other accountable, that we're there to help strengthen each other. When we're going through dark places, we need each other if we're going to live this life trusting in God. We need one another. I need you, and you need me. That's why God has made us one family. He's called us to be in relationship with people who know him. I don't know about you, but I, I, I like this text because it reminds me that wherever I am, there's somebody I can call on. You ought to have some friends in your life that you can call on who can call on the Lord on your behalf. Uh, they stayed there for seven days. There's some things we can extrapolate from the reality, Lori, that they stayed there for seven days. Seven days, they were guests in another person's house. Seven days, they were made to be welcomed. They were made to be at home. Not like some of us who say, make yourself at home, but if they go in your refrigerator, you looked at them sideways. <laughs> no, no, they, they, were, they were made to be at home. They were welcome for seven days. For seven days, not only are they welcomed, but we also see Mabel that they had to worship together because it's a cycle of seven days. So they're in worship and fellowship together. But somewhere in the fellowship, somewhere in the worship, the Holy Spirit revealed to the believers in Tyre what would happen to Paul if he made his way all the way to Jerusalem. And this is what we pick up in the text because it says the Spirit, through the Spirit, they didn't tell Paul to not go to Jerusalem. And I get it because right now it's conflicting to you because in chapter 20, the Holy Spirit told Paul, constrained Paul to go to Jerusalem. So how is it that believers in chapter 21 are compelling him to not go to Jerusalem? I, I get it. I see where you are right now. But the reality is that here God spoke to Paul and gave Paul confirmation of his assignment. Somebody say confirmation. And when God calls you to do something, God will speak to you about what God wants you to do, and that's your confirmation. He'll confirm with you what he's called your life to, to be and to do. And that's what he did in chapter 20. But when he get to chapter 21, the believers then discern by the Spirit of God that Paul is going into a hard assignment, so their concern for Paul was trying to compel him to not go. But look at Paul's response. When they try to compel him to not go, he, te he tells them, when all the days had ended, verse, verse 5, we departed and went on our journey. Wait a minute. That Paul, even though they were compelling him to not go, he still goes. I love the text. Look at verse 5. And they all, the wives and the children, accompanied us until we were outside the city, and kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and then said farewell. I hope you see it here. That when you're amongst believers, it doesn't mean that you'll always agree on everything. Uh, you're not with me just yet. You don't believe me, huh? But the very people you live with and you love, you don't always agree with. Don't look at them right now because they don't have time for pastoral counseling. Uh, but, but, but they don't always agree, but notice what he did. But he did agree to seek God together. And if I got anybody who's going to be with me, who's going to be with me in ministry and in life, I need the kind of people that I can call at 2 in the morning who I know will pray for me. And everybody needs a 2 a.m. kind of friend that you can call on in the midnight hour and say, listen, I need you not to go out with me. I need you not to party with me. I need you to be able to pray with me. And if you don't have those kind of friends, I invite you to get into life groups where you can cultivate those kind of relationships. So you can have faith-filled connections. So Paul is trusting and obeying because there's a faith-filled connection. And he's trusting 
but look with me quickly at verse 8. On the next day, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He says, we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven that stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. They were in the ministry with their father. Isn't that something? That's beautiful. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Jerusalem, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and says, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Mm, don't miss it. So first he had confirmation, and now he has affirmation. Because when God is speaking to you, God will affirm that he spoke to you by using someone else to tell you exactly what God told you. That's what happens sometimes on Sunday when you've been in your prayer closet trying to figure out what God has been telling you. Then you come up on Sunday and the message speaks directly to you. And you thinking that I read your email. I knew what was going on in your, in your household. But the reality is, it's the Holy Spirit, baby. He knows everything about you. And because he knows everything about you, he speaks to you. And he affirms to you that he's been trying to speak to you. Amen. And so, so there he is. He affirms it. But the believers, verse 12 says, but when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he was not persuade, to be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. Somebody go ahead and say that for me. Let the will of the Lord be done. This is the crust of our time together because if we're going to trust and obey, it's important that we know the will of the Lord. Paul knew the will of the Lord for his life because he had confirmation, and secondly, he has affirmation. You're looking to find out God's will for your life, then you need to seek God about that will. I'm talking about God's perfect will, the individual will that he has for you, the purpose that he has for you, that he's created you, that he's put you in certain spaces. There's a will God has for your life, and he wants you to realize that will. How many of you in here want to know the will of God for your life? How many of you you're seeking, you want to know the heart, how, how do I get to the will of God for my life? Well, join me in, in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2, where the Bible tells us that in view of the mercies of God, he said, I urge you, brothers, in view of the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might discern the perfect will of God. I'm trying to help you understand something. You want to know the will of God? Get the mercy of God in view. If you want to know the will of God in your life, get the mercy, M-E-R-C-Y, in in view, that you are to see God's mercies for your life. And when you look at God's mercies, you're mindful of God's goodness. When you look at God's mercies, E, you're engaged in worship. That's what he says. He says, give yourself wholly to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. When you're committed to God and you're looking for his will, you're renewed in the focus of your mind, that you're thinking about God and you're doing things in the name of God and you're doing things for the acknowledgement of God. When you are looking for God's will for your life, you're committed to obeying God. Mm, that you do what God says to do when he tells you to do it, and you don't go your way, you go God's way. Ah, when you're looking to discern the perfect will of God, here it is, you yield to God's guidance. 
You want to know God's will for your life? The psalmist said this way, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you, mm, he will plant in you the desires of your heart, which means then that if you align yourself with the mercies of God, then the Spirit of God will put in you the desires that our God desires, and you will will what God wills, thus for you know God's will for your life. I hope I didn't confuse you in that, but that's what helped Apostle Paul, because not only does he have confirmation, but he has affirmation to stand and tell them, listen, I'm going to fulfill my call. The question is, will you? He's committed to fulfill the call for his life. Will you? Husbands, will you fulfill the call for your life in your marriage? Will you, wives, will you fulfill the call that God has for your life to be a godly wife? Uh, children, will you fulfill the call that God has in your life? Will you fulfill your call when you're at work that people don't have to guess that you are a believer? They could see through your life that you're a believer. Will you fulfill the call that God has in your life in every space that you're in? This is what the Apostle Paul models, and this is what we are called to as believers to model. But I got to tell you that when you go the way of obedience— you will face obstacles. Somebody say, uh-oh, uh-oh. You're going to face some obstacles. Let me go ahead and tell you, in your free time, go ahead and read all of chapter 21. But right there in chapter 21, he makes his way to Jerusalem. And when he makes his way to Jerusalem, with the conviction he's going to Jerusalem, all of a sudden he's afflicted. Everything that was prophesied would happen did happen. Let me tell you how it went down. Apostle Paul goes into Jerusalem. He's trying to hang with the other Jews, and he does what is, what is nat natural in their tradition to do to let them know that he's not a threat, but he comes back bearing a testimony of God. The people that he's going to be good to, the people he went to bless, turn around and started trying to beat him. I'm still, I'm in the text, y'all, I promise you. Because right there in verse 28, they're crying out to the men of Israel to help them. And verse 30 says, then all the city was stirred up and the people ran together. They seized Paul. This is in Jerusalem. They dragged him out of the temple. And once the gates were shut, and as they were seeking to kill him, did you see that there? They seized him, they dragged him out of the temple, they're beating him, and they're seeking to kill him. All because he's being obedient to what God has called him to do. Ah, but let me tell you something. You can trust God's guidance over convenience or comfort. That when you're obedient to God, you can trust his guidance. It doesn't mean that everything you're going to go through is going to be easy. But when God is with you, God has a plan for you that you don't even know about. Okay, right. keep your Bibles open. Look with me. Uh, they were seeking to kill in verse 31. And the word came to the tribune of the cohort that all of Jerusalem was in confusion. He at once took soldiers and satyrians and ran down to them and when they saw the tribune, the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Wait, what's happening here? Okay, here it is. An unknown intercessor. God placed an unknown person to intercede on Paul's behalf to go get the help Paul needed to stop the people from beating Paul and killing him. You're not with me just yet here. Because sometimes you're in between a rock and a hard place, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to get out of that thing. How is it that you're going to survive that? And all of a sudden, God sends somebody. Anybody ever had God send somebody in your life that they came just at the right time, and you knew that it could only be God that led them to be there in your life? They, uh, the tribunal came, and the soldiers came, and in the presence of the soldiers, they stopped beating. Mm, let, let me see if I can do it this way. Uh, 
Rob, where are you? Rob, I know you're in here. Rob, 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 come, 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 come help me. Help me help them. Rob, Rob, Rob help me help them. Uh, who else? Drew, big Drew, come on, come on up here. Come up here. Give my hand while they're coming up here. Give my hand while they're coming up here. You at home, I want you to get this. Apostle Paul is obedient to God. He's trusting God's guidance. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable for him. And all of a sudden, the very people he's trying to be good to start to beat him. Now, I didn't get them up here to beat me. They start to beat him. They, they're trying to kill him. And then God sends soldiers to come and intercede for him. You're not with me just yet here. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that God will, will work even when people try to wrong you, that God's will will work. And what God does, he sends the soldiers. Get this. The soldiers take him in custody. He's, I like, let's see, I can put this in. He's in witness protection. And the Bible says they pick him up and they carry him. They carry him. Hold on. They picked him up over those who tried to destroy him. They picked him up over those who were trying to beat him. They picked him up over those who were standing as obstacles for him, and they carried him to the place that God would have him. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that when you're obedient to God and you trust him and you're facing obstacles, God is so good that God will lift you and he'll carry you. The psalmist said it this way, grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I don't know where you are in life, but I came to tell you it's worth trusting and obeying. Yeah. The Apostle Paul trusted and obeyed the Spirit of God. And yes, he was put in prison. But when you keep reading his story, you realize that while he was in prison, God used him to write what we call the prison epistles. And he strengthened the church. When he was in prison, God used him to save the very soldiers that are right there who were holding him captive. God used him where God led him. And God wants to use you where God is leading you. The question is, will you trust him to use you? If you could stand all over the building, that's what I want to call you to. I'm going to call you to trust him. Trust him to use you. Remember what they said? They, they, they said that they were going to leave this to the will of the Lord. They said, let the will of the Lord be done. I want to encourage you to be able to say that in your own life right now, today. What, let the will of the Lord be done in my life. I want to invite you to bow your heads all over the building because some of you need to make a decision. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.